This is episode 563 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's article, Entertainment After SHTF. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version, with some commentary, of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, this episode is sponsored by the HydroBlue VersaFlow water filter. Now, you've heard me talk about the HydroBlue VersaFlow water filter for a long time, and if you haven't checked it out, I want to let you know that I have created a video, a free PDF tutorial to show you how easy it is to turn the VersaFlow into a family-sized water filter. And you really owe it to yourself and you owe it to your family to go just check it out. Now, right now, you can have that family-sized water filter for under $25. So if you want to watch the video, if you want to check out the free PDF tutorial, even download it, and if you want a code for 20% off of the VersaFlow, you could click the link in the show notes or visit PrepperWebsite.com forward slash VersaFlow. Okay, so our article of the podcast comes to us from ModernSurvivalOnline.com. And the title again is Entertainment After SHTF. And I don't remember ever doing an episode on this or reading an article on this topic that goes into detail. Now, I know that there's been articles in the past where I've mentioned maybe something like you need to have some kind of ways to entertain people. But this whole article is about entertainment and why you should have entertainment. And so it's entertainment after SHTF. Again, that's the title. But really, I am going to I'm really thinking about it more just for emergency uh, situations that are not the end of the world as we know it type stuff. Right. And so, uh, you know, go into it thinking about it in that way as well. I'm going to go ahead and read the article and I'm going to share some thoughts just a few thoughts at the very end on the back side of this. So again, coming to us from modernsurvivalonline.com, entertainment after SHTF. Survival situations are definitely not fun in games. Well, for a certain kind of misanthrope they are, but they definitely aren't fun for 99% of us. The stresses of surviving, enduring and under the circumstances thriving a major event will be hair-raising, no doubt about it. But that does not mean you should completely shun the idea of entertainment and recreation in your planning and preparation. To the contrary, for any long or unknown duration crisis, especially ones that are comparatively less severe than other potential happenings, recreation and leisure activities are important, especially when surviving in groups or as a family. Humans, all of us, must have some ways to relieve stress, some kind of pressure valve, while you likely will not be able to indulge all of your hobbies or take that vacation you always wanted after the onset of a major crisis, unless austere living or bugging in is considered a vacation, with a little knowledge and a few helpful items, you can have everything you need close at hand for a little bit of entertainment. In today's article, I'll be talking about the importance of having a little fun in the midst of a really bad situation, why it is important for your overall success, and offering a list of games and other things you can partake of when you and yours need some entertainment. So the importance of entertainment during a crisis. 
The popular image of people who have the rotten luck to be enduring a crisis is one of abject misery, drawn, haunted faces, and a distinct lack of fun. The notion is that surviving will be a grueling or exhausting task, one where all efforts and energies are directed solely to hanging on to what you can, including your very life. This image certainly underscores the seriousness of a proper disaster and what is at stake, but it does not account for all ends. While certainly possible, even probable, depending on the situation, the version of survival is often predicated upon the assumption that any event bad enough to be dubbed an SHTF grade, one will leave you dazed and reeling in the wake of a shattered home, city, or country, and your day-to-day -day existence will be reduced to skin-of-your-teeth subsistence, if that. Again, plausible, but not the only way things can go down. Another potential outcome is one where an event of moderate intensity, but long or indefinite duration, has effectively turned society upside down, creating a new paradigm for daily life. However, different this new day is from the old, there will be opportunity and need for stress relief. Consider weeks and perhaps months of drudgery, minus all the enjoyable activities, comings and goings that most people count among life's pleasures. If you have prepared well and are just a little fortunate, the worst you may be facing could be protracted stays at home or at some other location, one where you at least have shelter, an ample supply of food, and water. Thank God and good on you. That is what we all hope for. The problem is, aside from daily tasks that must be completed, you will likely not have much else to do to fill your time. In kinder times, we could fire up YouTube, go to the movies, head out shopping, play sports, or do any number of things. Plainly, the majority of those activities will be history or completely unavailable for any number of reasons for the duration of the crisis. Before you tut-tut and wag your finger at me for even bringing up something as plebeian as entertainment in the context of prepping and remind me that you are harder than woodpecker lips and don't need no stinking entertainment because we surviving, take just one second to consider who may be with you. Your significant other, your children, other family members, neighbors, or simply members of your survival group. There will be a need for stress relief and camaraderie if the situation persists and permits it. Persistent stress nibbles away at the mind, corroding reason and morale until a perfectly normal person is rendered a perfect basket case, unpredictable and not much good to anyone. Games and other activities are excellent for both bonding and stress relief during rest times. The social value of all kinds of simple games should not be underestimated, as this little bit of fun and normalcy can go a long way towards maintaining group cohesion and morale. You probably have a half dozen questions or admonishments on the tip of your tongue right now, and I plan on addressing at least half of them in the following sections. So keep your safety on and keep reading. So why not spend time more wisely? That's the point. In the right circumstances, you are spending time wisely. Assuming you are not 24-7 hustling to merely keep your head above water, literally or figuratively, you will have time allocated for rest. You can rest and at the same time also engage in a bit of play with whoever you are with or even just yourself in the case of some single player games. Sometimes you will, frankly, be sitting pretty thanks to your hard work prior to the occurrence of whatever disaster everyone else is presently dealing with and you won't have so much to do. What's that? 
There is always something to do, you say? That's true. You could always chop more wood, gather more food, or be doing something, anything, to be improving your situation that much more. Sharpen your knives, clean your guns, something. But if you want to split hairs, but let's consider an alternative outcome to this parable for a moment. Nothing happens in a vacuum. If you were securely and safely sheltered, wherever that might be, with an ample supply of all commodities and otherwise little to worry about except enduring the current troubles, ask yourself if the risk of activity is worth the gain. Chopping wood means swinging an axe or maul, both two great tools, for hurting yourself. A scouting foray could lead to becoming lost, twisting an ankle, or being overtaken by bad guys. Other examples abound. So let's talk a little bit about considerations for games. As a caveat, your chances of being able to play a game, any game, during a crisis are largely predicated on the specific situation you are dealing with. A mad scramble to get out of town and stay ahead of danger will leave little time for recreation until you are safely evacuated. A prolonged bug end resulting from a natural disaster, major blackout, or societal ills will afford much more. The type of game, too, will play a part on timing. Classic board games that we all grew up with require a certain amount of space, setup time, a smattering of pieces, and everyone understanding the rules. Games utilizing playing cards require only the cards, a nominally clear surface, and all of the players to understand or be willing to learn the rules. Some games can be played with something as simple as a piece of paper and writing implement. Some simple games need nothing at all and are at least good for entertaining young children. My basic rule of thumb is larger board games are only kept at home for bug-in and shelter-in-place situations. I am not hauling any fully-sized board games all over creation resplendent with a zillion, zillion jangly, easy-to-lose pieces. No way. Instead, for carry in a bob or a go-bag, I will keep a simple deck of cards, which are useful no matter where you stay put or head out or stash a tiny fold-up travel-sized version of a game like Checkers, Chess, Battleship, or something similar in a tin. When choosing what actual game to play, consider how much time you have to devote to a round or session. The players, young, old, competitive, or not, etc., and other factors. Some games are just not much fun, like Monopoly, which invariably turns into a grinding mudslog with one inveterate cheater somewhere in the group. Risk is much the same, only with endless dice rolling and no decisive victory. If you and yours, though, historically enjoy these games as a group, they may still be worthwhile for the sense of normalcy. Instead, games that play briskly and feature a degree of luck will help ensure that games end in a timely fashion and fun can be had by all, or at least most. Card games are good for this, as a few hands can constitute a session. I especially appreciate and enjoy card games, even though historically I am terrible at them, because their social component of teaching, learning, and bantering is priceless. Another option for on-the-go gaming is a simple pad and pen. What? Sure, a piece of paper and pen can allow you to play several engaging games from Hangman to Battleship. This requires almost no setup and can be resumed or abandoned at will with no loss of progress. Ultimately, where there is a will, there is a way, and all but the leanest and most ascetic loads cannot make room for a deck of cards or a tiny travel game, should you want to include it. So what about electronic games? On the topic of games for whiling away the long hours during a crisis, 
none are more divisive than electronic games. Larger units like dedicated consoles and PCs require too much power to be considered for use. If you are able to freely play on your console or computer, then your particular situation may not be quite so serious. Of more interest are the games installed on tablets and smartphones. If you are employing either device as a potential tool to help you prevail and survive, burning what may be extremely limited battery power by playing a game is inexcusable. You should be conserving it as the precious resource it is. On the other hand, if you have a ready and reliable source of renewable power, like solar, grid, thermoelectric, etc., then this is probably allowable. Just keep in mind that nearly all of these games feature sound as one of their primary features, and so consider headphones or earbud use mandatory. The addictive and rapturous dings, pings, jingles, and explosions that make these games so compelling is highly likely to grate on the nerves of anyone not playing. For more than the click and clatter of game pieces and dice, or the gentle shuffle and sorcerer of playing cards. Next up, the games for preppers on the go or afield. I've gathered quite a collection of various games that you can play. Some are full board games with a survival bent, and others require little equipment and setup, making them ideal for play when you don't have or don't want to commit to an actual tabletop board game. The list features games of all stripes, card games, board games, and pen and paper games, so there is sure to be something here for every taste and number of players. I have organized them into categories. Board games, suitable for travel, card games, camping and scout games, and pen and paper games. You will find under each game a brief description of how to play each as well as some info on adapting or improvising them from what you have on hand. So board games. First one up is Dead of Winter. And there are links to these guys, so just FYI on that. It's a thrilling spin on the well-trod zombie survival genre. Dead of Winter is what you might call a co-adversarial game. The players are all trying to win together and survive by managing and fortifying a home base, obtaining supplies and avoiding or dispatching zombies. But they also have a second, secret objective that they must complete in order for an individual win. Sometimes this objective is in opposition to what the team wants and needs, or even covertly hostile, making for a pretty exciting clash of personalities and ulterior motives, just like real people. The detail and nuances in managing a group of survivors and their shelter, right down to removing trash and refuse to prevent pestilence and keeping barricades up to snuff, making, makes for a fun strategy in management excursion. The Machiavellian nature of the secret objective also ensures plenty of conflict, paranoia, and scandal. An absolute blast. Then there is Pandemic. In Pandemic, a worldwide outbreak of several hideous diseases has players taking on the role of one of several disease containment specialists who then must proceed to various hotspots to contain and simultaneously research the bugs for a cure. A variety of random drawn cards either help the players with various abilities or result in the disease mutating or otherwise becoming more problematic. If the disease spreads too far, the players lose. But if they manage to develop cures for all four plagues, then they win. This game is easy to learn and is cooperative, strategic depth makes it enjoyable for all kinds of groups. Then the next one is This War of Mine. 
a sobering portrayal of war and its effects, with players taking on the shoes of civilians trapped in besieged and war-torn cities. Hiding in their shelled and half-ruined tentament house, players must gather supplies, improvise, and construct items they need, and go forth to explore the dangerous and ever-changing remains of the city. Along the way, you meet a cast of motley characters, from soldiers to victims and outlaws, who will present the players with unique narratives each play through. Bandits and raiders will be fought, and you'll struggle grimly against encroaching death. Excellent, but fairly depressing. Enjoyable with the right group of people. Then next up, of course, is Chess and Checkers. These two forerunners of Western board games need no introduction. Both lend themselves to easy travel, as both can be readily found in miniature travel form ready to go or as part of a multi-game set or improvised from all kinds of found materials. Any flat surface that can be marked or carved can be made into an 8x8 chess or checkerboard, and you can hardly make a set of either from paper using small cutouts for your pieces. Chess pieces and checkers can also be fashioned from items you likely have in abundance and close at hand. Coins, washers, pebbles or caps for checkers, and various match sets of implements for chess. One especially good item for chess is various sizes of cartridge ammunition. All collectors of guns have done this, and don't let them lie and tell you otherwise. Ask me how I know. Oh, and then there's the card games. Games that require a simple, bog-standard deck of cards. Obviously, you'll need to know the rules of whatever kind of game you want to play or make some up, but that is part of the beauty of cards. Everyone knows how to play something, and they were usually taught by someone else. This personal provenance of how they learned a game, learned to play well or not, and how they pass it on makes them a great tool for bonding and social situations of all kinds when you are cooped up with other people. Card games may be more or less complex and require differing amounts of strategy. You can always learn several or a couple variations on one game. Games which require betting as part of the strategy of the game can make use of any small tokens of varying value. So here are a couple of games uh, that you can play if you don't, if you're not sure. But of course, there's solitary, and uh, the, another name for solitary could be patience. So it's one of the rare card games that can be played solo. Unknown to some, can be played head to head using a point system or as a race. The objective is to manipulate the cards in such a way that they are arranged in a certain order according to preset rules. Then of course, there's poker. Poker and its variants, especially the blazingly popular Texas Hold'em, are among the most popular games on earth. The essential components of calculation, betting, bluffing, and other psychological factors make poker a nuanced and rich game ideal for small groups who all know how to play. All right, so I got to tell you a funny thing here. Some of the guys from church, we got together just to play uh, a friendly game of poker. And... um, you know, my kids, my one of my sons, he watches it on television. Like he watches like YouTube videos and stuff. And I don't know, back in the day, you remember celebrity poker was pretty popular. I used to watch that. And uh, so they got in on it as well, you know, and they enjoyed playing that. And so I think we had so much fun playing it and just, just having a good time, just being around the table and talking and bluffing and all that kind of stuff that uh, I found on either Craigslist or the Nextdoor app, someone that was getting rid of a, it was a brand new poker set. 
I mean, it was completely, it was wrapped in plastic and the whole deal, I got it for 10 bucks. I mean, that was a great, great deal. And so, you know, that's one of those things that uh, my my youngest son is always like, hey, let's play poker, you know? And so uh, that's always one of those things that is, is available. And that's a that's an easy one to play. All right, so next up, of course, is Blackjack. Another popular and somewhat simpler game than poker, one that requires a house player, less decisively adversarial than poker, and easier to learn quickly. Then Cards in the Hat. A fun game or skill and concentration, but one that is mildly abusive on the cards. You can play this one solo or with others, either individually or on teams. Simply put, cards are tossed or flicked at a hat or other receptacle for points. This is far from easy and is akin to darts with the finesse required for success. Alright, so here are some camping games that you can play. Games of skill designed to be played with items you have on you when camping, hence the name. The first one up is Mumlady Peg. So one of the best oldest camp games that no one knows how to play, even way back when it was a popular pastime. This old game is played with pocket knives, so if you have qualms about dinging your blade or getting nicked, move along. The game involves you getting your knife to stick in soft ground by way of a variety of increasingly tricky maneuvers. The first player to complete all of the maneuvers successfully wins. You can create all kinds of interesting and challenging maneuvers to try or use some published official ones. You can see a demonstration of one variation here. So there is a <laughs> there is a video here how to play mumbly peg or the art of mumbly peg. So uh, just the first picture right off. And I guess this is the art of manliness. So uh, a video from from that video channel. So that's pretty cool. Next up charades. A time-honored classic that needs no equipment, just players. Teams take turns with rotating players acting out a randomly assigned animal, person, or concept while their teammates try to guess within a certain amount of time. The team with the most correct guesses after a certain number of rounds wins. See a demonstration here. So there is a video for charades if you're not sure how to play that. Then bottle toss. Hone your marksmanship in the most primal way, throwing rocks. Set up targets of some kind, traditionally cans, but could be anything close at hand that will react when struck and get to hurling. You can play a dozen variations on this, either for speed or points. Horse is one popular variation akin to basketball, where called shots are attempted, then duplicated by the opposing player. And then there's some pen and paper games that we can talk about here. So these games are ones that can be played on a piece of paper or other writable surface. Everyone has played tic-tac-toe, right? Same thing, only we will play games a fair bit more enjoyable and, you know, actually gamey than tic-tac-toe. First up is Hangman, another classic guessing game and one that still holds up well today. Players take turns choosing a secret word that must be guessed one letter at a time by the opposition. The controlling player has on a piece of paper... A simple gallows and noose, and for each wrong guess, a limb or body part is added to the hangman. Once complete, the guessing player loses. If the word is guessed before the hangman is complete, the guessing player wins. You can make the game easier or harder by agreeing ahead of time how many features your hangman will have, like legs, arms, torso, and head, or all of the above, plus eyes, ears, hands, feet, etc., more fun to play than to watch, obviously, but you can see it in action here. Then Battleship. 
This is one game I quite prefer on paper versus the live board game equivalent. Each player draws two 10x10 grids on a piece of paper, one representing their fleet and the other representing enemy waters. The vertical axis will be marked A through J and the horizontal axis 1 through 10, allowing a grid reference to be called out. On their own grid, each player creates a fleet of ships, or six ships, each of varying lengths. Two two-cell ships, two three-cell ships, a four-cell ship, and a five-cell ship. Players then take turns firing shots at grid reference, which both players record on their respective grids, hits, and misses. A ship which has hits on all of its location is sunk. The first player to sink the enemy fleet wins. So a demo is available here. So that would be very easy to make, right? And you can even make, make it and laminate it so that you can use maybe some markers with it. But I would just, I know that he said here he likes the paper version. I would try to find some used battleship, a used battleship game and just kind of go from there. So there are plenty of other games in each category you may enjoy, but these are some of my all-time favorites and enjoyable by players young and old. Or you may perhaps create a game of your own. So in conclusion, entertainment for stress relief and bonding is a must during any protracted crisis that affords it. The human psyche is fragile and without appropriate measures to reduce stress and increase positive feelings, even if only with a game of chance or skill and some companionship, Morale may plummet and tempers flare. So learn a few card games, improvise a board game or two, and break out the chess set when time allows. And you and your mates will all be thankful for the diversion. All right, guys. So again, that's going to be over at uh, ModernSurvivalOnline.com. There are about uh, four or five comments here that you can come check out. You know, I want to just do just a couple of or say a couple of things here before I close out the the episode. Uh, We play a game called Phase 10. And so it might be kind of like rummy, but, you know, you have different cards. You know, it's like Uno. You would have it's its its own set. Right. And uh, but you have your own uh, cards, deck of cards, and you've got to make certain phases or certain sets of cards. So one phase might be, uh, you know, something simple like. Uh, a pair of uh, two two different pairs, right? The next one might be a pair and then three of a kind. And then you go from there, right? And so it gets harder and harder and harder. The first person to win, uh, get to the last phase, go out with the least amount of points wins, right? And so we've always enjoyed playing that one throughout the years. Of course, Uno is one of those. And then, like I said, poker is, is the one that we have recently been playing with, uh, even with the boys and, and stuff like that. But, you know, that's this this is one of those things that we don't always think about that would be very valuable. So one more thing I want to share with you. Uh, not too long ago, I spoke with my cousin. And I say not too long ago, but now that I think about it, it's many, many years ago. Um, it's, <laughs> time flies, I guess. I'm getting old. Um that they had a situation, and I can't remember exactly what it was, but they were basically, they had to bug in, right? And so it wasn't safe outside. They were bugging in, and they stayed in for a while. They were, you know, had candlelight, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, lights were out. Um, but, and of course, they didn't have internet. They didn't have any of that stuff. And so one of the things that they did was they played games. They had cards. They had board games. And it was one of those times he said that, the family was able to get around the table and they were able to communicate without all of the electronics because it was forced, right? Uh, it was a forced, 
you know, family time because after a day or two, you're kind of sitting around and you're just bored. And then it's like, hey, let's play a game. And so everybody out of bored, I'm like, okay, let's do it because if not, I'm just sitting around sleeping or whatever and I'm bored. And so they got around and that was, he just said, those were some of the most funnest times because they were able to play board games. They were able to communicate. They were able to connect. And it was just a really great time. And so he was even kind of grateful for the situation. Now, outside things were crazy, but at least inside, uh, kind of like what he was talking about here in this article, like if you're good, if you're set up good, then you know, you're know you fine. You'll be able to do this. You're not worried about all these other things. And so they were in a situation where they were fine you know, being inside. And he was just very grateful for the opportunity to spend that time with his kids, right? And so you know, it just brought back that this that memory that he he was talking to me about that and so i think they try to even do that later on down the road you know like every once in a while have a family night where you just play some games and you're able to connect it is you have to be very purposeful you got to put the phones up you got to put the electronics up and those kinds of things but you know that's one of those things that where you can have have some fun have some family fun and so you can kind of start that out now and so if you ever were in a situation where um, you know, the poop had hit the fan. Well, then you have games. You have that historical aspect that, hey, we've done this before. Well, guys, like always, I'm going to link to this article in the show notes and you can go check it out. There are some links, again, links to these games. Some of these board games I've never heard before, right? Like the zombie games and the pandemic game and board game and stuff. Uh, they sound kind of interesting. They link over to Amazon if you want to go check those out. And then there are the other videos that you can uh, you can check out and i don't know man you want to check out the one on uh the knife game and let me go back and remember what the, that name was mumbly <laughs> mumbly peg so you can play mumbly peg or if you want to figure out how to do it you can come check it out if you're willing to uh nick up your knives i guess is what they were uh what they were saying here in this article and so those videos are available as well well, everyone, that is it for episode 563. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Go to your favorite podcast network, look us up, and make sure that you subscribe. And that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And take a moment to connect with me. I have a link in the show notes so you can join the Prepper website email list. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.